welcome to the inaugural taping um, of the M&A Mastermind Podcast. This is the place where we bring in experts to talk about ways in which you can level up your M&A practice. I am Nick Olson, Managing Director of Cornerstone International Alliance, uh, an international group of M&A firms who focus on the lower middle market. And in this forum, we bring in guests who are true masters of their crafts, who are experienced, knowledgeable, and gracious enough to share their experiences um, in the M&A industry with, with you as our audience. Today, I am very excited for our guest here. We, um, he is uh, um, a founding member of Cornerstone International Alliance. He's a certified business intermediary and a certified merger and acquisition master intermediary. He studied chem chemical engineering in college and still found his way to the world of M&A. He is the CEO and founding partner of Agency Brokerage Consultants in Florida and one of the smartest people I know. So I would like to welcome today, Mike Mensch. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nick. All right, well, let's dive in here. Today, we are focusing on um, how to specialize in M&A and would love to hear you know the back the backstory or the background of how agency brokerage consultants was created how you got to m a and what you guys do as a you know and talk about what you're specialized in and how that came to be sure so you know first i'll rewind all the way back to how a chemical engineer ends up as an m a advisor yeah i'd love to know that story uh my dad was a physicist. My mom was in real estate banking and then finished her career kind of in M&A. So I probably could describe it as I started following my dad's path. And then in 2006 or 2005, pivoted and jumped into working with my mom, who was uh, at the time doing Main Street business brokerage and lower, lower middle, well, very low end M&A transactions. Uh, so, but that was also, if, if you look at that timeline, 2006 was probably the worst time in the world to get into this 2007, 2008 with the financial meltdown. Yeah. I was going to, sorry to jump in there. I was wondering, so you're doing chemical engineering. Um, you saw what your mom was doing, like what intrigued you about what she was doing that actually made you decide to pivot? Um, so I'm really good at numbers, right? That's the engineering yeah, side. I agree with that. And then I found out I actually like numbers that have dollar signs in front of them more than I like any other type of number. Uh, so, but I, I grew up, my mom was a motivational speaker. She always like, I was brainwashed with Zig Ziglar and everything. So there was always this underlying, you know, sales skills that uh, just weren't being utilized. And people even told me when I was studying engineering, they're like, you know, you're not really an engineer. Like you don't fit the mold. So yeah so it was inevitable i think yeah that's a good story so when did you get into, into the business then you said 2006 seven yeah 2006 i started kind of part-time moonlighting 2007 i jumped in full-time uh and like i joked i mean that's the financial meltdown was happening so uh you know lenders stopped lending business revenues were going downward we were generalists at the time we had a client that had a distribution business and he said, you really stuck to my brother. He, he needs to retire. He's got an insurance agency. So we went over, met with the brother and uh, ended up putting the agency on the market. In spite of the conditions of the economy, we had multiple buyers that were bidding on it, found a private lender that would finance it. And when I talked to people in the industry, there really wasn't anybody that specialized in the, in, in our region in selling agencies. There's, 
you know, one person that most of the buyers that I talked to didn't really respect or like. So it's kind of like, aha, you know, opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, found found financing, had a lot of strategic buyers, and there really wasn't anybody specialized. So from 2008 onward, that's all I've done is worked in the insurance industry. Uh, you know, you kind of know the story. We started in Florida and then gradually expanded outside. And now we're work nationwide with clients all over the country. Yeah, I would say that's um, that's a, that was a pretty good move on your guys' part because um, don't want to get into all the awards you guys won over the years as, uh, you know, uh, top uh, M&A firms in the, in the insurance industry. So definitely a kudos to you guys. Um, so that, yeah, so that you, you saw that opportunity there, you had a good, you had a good experience and success with your first deal. And then you decided to get more into that. Like how, take us through that process of like, how did you become, I mean, the experts or how did you, what did you have to do to, to, to be the expert in that space? Um, over, you know, the first couple of years. Yeah. So let me paint the picture, right? So I, I was working on a PhD in, in a highly competitive field that highly technical and everything. And then all of a sudden I decided after, you know, all that schooling to just change careers. And then, like I said, I jumped in at the worst time ever. So there was this, you know, I have to make this work attitude. Like yeah. uh, we were selling, Main Street businesses in a small market area, and I, I so I actually like my first year did wrote up a sixty-five page market analysis of like where the opportunities may be. So I was mm -hmm. desperate to really make it work. So I was hungry, working hard, putting in seventy hours a week. But really, the transition. Um, I'll also add the fact that you know I was twenty-seven at the time, so I was half the age of most of the folks in the field. So it was really difficult. A lot of things were working kind of against me, but. Um, you know, I dug in, studied, talked to a lot of people, studied the industry, ended up getting licensing and everything. I mean, so it was, there's a huge learning curve if you get into M&A, but by specializing, it helped me to narrow that learning curve down so I could go move faster. And so, um, you know, we just, I talked to a lot of people, studied the industry, got books on insurance agency, M&A, read all that. And uh, just really worked hard the first, you know, five. Well, we still work hard, but, you know, worked really hard in the beginning to, to stand out. Um, did some cooperative marketing with that lender that I mentioned. They had a national branded footprint. They were, you know, they were reaching out to 20,000 insurance agencies a year. So I just dovetailed off them, started providing content and webinars and everything. So, um, you know, that's kind of the initial part. It's just... A lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, a lot of serving clients. I mean, I think I told you, too, that the challenge when you're young is the approaches that may work for a 60-year-old M&A advisor don't work for a 27-year-old, meaning you're trying to deal with clients that are double your age. So I took a, I'm going to work really hard, be super polite, do a great job. You know, my clients would get emails from me at 1 a.m. and then get emails from me again at 7 a.m. They said, you're always available, you know. So I just, uh, this little bit of advice for younger folks is like, it doesn't matter your age, just do a really good job, serve the client and uh, be an expert at what you do. And my my um, my signature was, I always talked to people. I said, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you know, <laughs> which mm -hmm. people would tease me about, but at the same time, showing yeah. love and respect yeah. for older clients. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's really good advice. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> appreciate that. Now, were you, now, when you got into it though, you weren't always a specialist, right? You, you did some general M and a work. Is that correct? Yeah. We were a franchise office when I got into it. Okay. What, what kind of deals did you do? Uh, what industries did you do? Um, uh, before you kind of dove into the, the specialist? Yeah, no, we didn't. So I joined an existing firm. Um, okay. we're doing restaurant, you know, main street. So restaurants, yeah. retail, uh, service, you know, contractors, things like that. But shortly after I got in, so I just jumped into a specialty and that's where I stayed ever since. Yeah. Was that transition easy, hard, or seamless or how did that go? Um, I convinced my partner to ditch the franchise in 2009. So we could develop a specialty brand. Um, so, you know, we went all in, changed our name, changed, changed all our marketing and branding. Uh, it wasn't, uh, I mean, you still like anything, you have to build up a reputation. So right. in the beginning, we're trying to convince people to work with us when we'd only done one, two, three, four, five deals. Now we've done 400 deals or so, and it's a lot easier to convince them that you're the expert. Right. 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 Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so what, what, what are the advantages, not only, well, let's start here. What are the advantages for you, you and your firm to specialize? Like what are the, what, what, what makes it easy is not the right word, but you guys, you know, do great in the space. Like what does that do for you and your, your, your staff as to what advantages you guys might have against your competition? Well, first, I mean, our market is much bigger because we're a national firm. Right. Again, when you're. When you're a generalist, you tend to have a ge geographic market that you're targeting that's maybe 100 miles, 200 miles, something like that. So our market area is much bigger. Or, or you know, we're we're reaching out to 20,000 independent insurance agencies every month. Uh, so we're fishing in a bigger pond. Um, we're we've done so many deals that we really know the market value better than anybody, mm -hmm. and we know the buyers, and we know you know we've learned all all about the industry. I've got property and casualty and life and health insurance licenses. So I understand the industry really well. Um, so, you know, it just, you, you, you're fully entrenched. So you know exactly what you're dealing with when you get into it, get yeah. into an engagement. So then on the flip side, what, what I'm, I'm an insurance, you know, I'm an insurance agency. I want to sell my business. I want to go with you. Like what advantages does that give me as the, as the business owner? That you guys um, have this expertise. Uh, we've negotiated with every buyer that's out there for the most part. You know, every every professional buyer, I'll say. So we know who is it, it, you know the market changes every year in our space. So one buyer could be hot one year, the next year they they change their appetite or they they get in a financial pinch where some of them are sitting right now with the interest rates being higher. So we're we know what's happening in the marketplace. We understand like where different buyers are going to come in with their offer and offer structure, who's, who's the right fit for the right type of agency. Um, like we just closed the deal where we took it to market with one expectation. Most of the offers were kind of near what we expected. We found two highly strategic buyers and got the client like 25% more than, you know, where everybody else was sitting. So it's, some you can deliver a lot of value when you understand which buyer is the right fit 
because mm-hmm. they'll come in way over the top on everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was a good successful one, engagement that we just wrapped up like uh, two days ago. <laughs> That's good. How, um, and what, on, the, on the flip side, what are, are there any challenges that, you know, being a specialist um, poses? Um, well, obviously there could be cycles in any industry. Like right now in the insurance industry, we're in a really hard market. Everybody sees that with their auto and homeowners premiums. Um, so there are challenges for us. We're in a highly competitive space. There are 40 plus private equity backed firms acquiring insurance agencies, which is our specialty. So they're out there prospecting the teams, you know, so we're running up against buyers more than we are competitors. And outside of that, there are a number of competitors. So depends on the space, but based on the one that we're in, it's really competitive. Um, but other cycle, uh, other industry cycle, like construction market, if you're dealing with contractors, there's cycles of when that's hot and when the construction market cools off. So, um, you know, there's risks with specializing, but there's plenty of benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Now, when we've, we've talked in a previous conversation just about the insurance industry in general compared to just general M&A and, um, you know, the fees and, and what you guys, you know, as a, as a, as an M&A firm, you know, make, um, you know, and you mentioned something about um, general M&A being, I guess, um, uh, higher in fees um, that you collect. I want you to go, would you mind diving into that a little bit? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably the generalists, well, I know I've seen the fee structures, they, their fees are higher than ours, but it's, I think of it like this being difference between a generalist and specialist is generalist. You go from selling a distribution business to selling a retail business. Every time you're breaking down the assembly line, re-putting it back together, it takes longer to figure out that business, longer to, to get it on the market, longer to find the buyers. And so your sales cycle is a lot more drawn out, whereas ours, we're, you know, we're running the same assembly line. You know, every deal is somewhat different, but we're, we're bringing it yeah. through the same process, going to a lot of the same buyers. So our sales cycle is a lot shorter, um, which is, you know, another benefit of specializing. Mm-hmm. But, but so, you know, and, and since we're in a competitive space, our fees tend to be less than what a generalist M&A firm would charge for same type of transaction. And correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as volume of deals go in a year, like you guys are doing more deals than a generalist typically. Yes. They're 30 to 40, 100 to 150 million. Yeah. They actually will be over 150 this year, I think. Nice. What, um, yeah, what is, because... What was it? And uh, we, we were together in Houston at the m and Source Conference. And I think that was, at that point, maybe it's, you know, since then, that was two, three years ago. That was your best year yet, right? It was, yeah. We're going to break that this year. We invited a couple, what's that? So my goal is to break it this year. Okay. So, and and you, you're so gracious to, uh, maybe we just jumped into the, into, the, into the group, but you're so gracious to bring us out to your celebration dinner. Um, at a really nice steakhouse, a couple of us went, which was, which was amazing. And it was so fun to celebrate that amazing year you guys had with you. So um, I know I've said it before, but appreciate, appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, best of luck uh, breaking that. Are you on track to break that um, best year ever? Yes, we are. Nice, nice. Well, good luck with that. And, you know, I know that we've built a, a group of what I would consider the best of the best in the lower middle market. And, you know, we're continuing to look to grow our, our alliance. Um, but, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, you being a specialist and what that can mean for, you know, what Cornerstone International Alliance can provide for you or other specialty type of firms. And so with what, what, what do you get and what do you see the value in, in, in being part of this, this network of, you know, M&A professionals that is a, is a mix of specialists and generalists. And, you know, what are the, what are the, your, uh, your, your value points that you, you, you value in, in, in being in this to, group? To getting a group of specialists together. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. I'm just talking about now general, like the, the Alliance, the, the Alliance as it is today. Um, and yeah. in the past, you guys are a founding member. So you've been in with us for five years. Yes, kind of take us through that, how that's been helpful for you guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the half of the value for the peer group is in the best practices, discussions, getting the principals together to talk about issues and challenges and how to grow their firms. The other half is in the value of the people themselves. The other, you know, the other principals of M&A firms who are all high caliber folks that I you know, enjoy hanging out with or great people. I mean, that's, that's any peer group. If you've got a decent peer group, it's kind of the same way. 50% of the value is the people that are in it and 50% are what you learn from it. Mm -hmm. So we do, we have a lot of best practices discussions. We have, you know, discussions about how are you building value in your firm? Like the things that we coach our clients on. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's great to be part of a group of folks that are all fighting the same fight. <laughs> right. Now, you guys are just, yeah, we, we established you're the specialist in the, in, in the insurance industry. Um, and so I hear all the time in our group, um, you know, if I have an insurance deal, I'm going right to Mike and his team. And, you know, whether it's I'm going to take it on or I'm going to, you know, give it to Mike because, you know, he'd do the best job. Like, what have you heard? I guess if you have an example or generally speaking, like, what have you heard from, from other you know members in the group about, you know, reaching out to you as a specialist and, and helping, you know, give them advice or, you know, giving you, you know, opportunities. How does, how's that been, been going and working? Yeah. I, I mean, I believe in staying in your lane, right? So our, we have a specialty. So, and some of the other members obviously agree, like if they get a referral for uh, an insurance agency client, I've, we've had two come from members uh, in the last year and then we'll turn around and do the same thing. Like we don't, there's industries we don't get into. There's a lot of industries we don't get into. So I've given referrals to other members as well. You know, so it's it's to everyone's benefit because you want the best outcome for the client. And so you want to steer it to the advisor that's going to do the best job for them. You just mentioned you've referred out and previously you talked about, you know, the people in the in the alliance. Like when you're referring a deal that's not right for you, maybe it's outside the insurance industry and you're referring it to someone else. Um, talk about that and how, I mean, you're kind of putting your, yourself out there a little bit, referring a deal over to someone. You got to trust that person, right? Of course. Yeah. And I'm assuming, um, you know, within this group that there's, that trust is there. Yeah. I mean, at this point, how many years we've been together? I mean, most of the members I knew before we joined the Alliance. So yeah. there was already yeah. a relationship there, but 
now we've gotten to know each other a lot more through all the meetings and and discussions and everything. So 100%. I mean, the members of the Cornerstone Alliance are some of the best, you know, highest quality individuals in the industry. Yeah. And we have uh, we have yourself. We have another probably two or three other yeah. special specialty group in in the uh, in the alliance. Um, do you want you to read that? Because the uh, smoke alarm just went off. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It happens. The burn. The building's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, they're testing it today. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, well, you and I talked a lot about creating a, a small network, a subgroup of, of M&A specialists within our group. You know, here's a cheap plug for any M&A firms out there who specialize. You know, we're in the process of creating a, a network, a, a group of just M&A specialists. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on that? And, and what are you most excited about, you know, us developing a group like that? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's a peer group, and while you know everybody in the Cornerstone Alliance is a peer, our business models are somewhat different. So, a generalist practitioner tends to build relationships with accountants and local CPAs, account attorneys, and other advisors. They get a lot of business through referral and networking. That's a different model from us. We're a marketing machine, like we do tons and tons of marketing, and it's probably true for a lot of specialty firms where. Uh, so I think there's, there's, it's just a slightly different business model. Um, so there's best practices and things that we've learned that we can share with another firm and maybe that firm, other firms have learned different, different tricks of the trade that they could share in terms of how they generate clients or get in front of clients. So that's part of it. And then there's also other, like, we're looking at other services because we're so deeply entrenched in the industry, like getting into maybe setting up our own peer group of insurance agency owners or, or um, providing benchmarking services. So there's other, other things that may be specialty, different specialty firms have also already done that we could learn from or that they could learn from us. Yeah. As they say, iron sharpens iron, right? That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is, that is coming soon. I know we're, I and we are working on developing that group. So looking forward to uh, that and what that could bring for uh, for everybody as well. Um, so appreciate you your help on that. And I know that's going to be a, a great group of, of firms. Um, and then so the last thing I want to hit on is um, just how you structure your firm from a from a employee, um, you know, um, advisor type of setup. I know you got you got deal makers, you got back office support, you got marketing, you got all that sort of stuff. But you guys structure your firm a little differently than what I would call the norm for uh, for M and A. Would you mind explaining how your firm is, is structured? Yes, the uh, so we work as a team. So everybody's a W two employee. I think we've did, talked about that before. Yeah, we work. We really do work as a team. I've got the head of marketing. Got one guy, one person so far, it's in business development. We're going to expand that team. Mm. Um, so they're the tip of the spear, you know, getting in front of prospective clients, getting getting our name out there, building a relationship. And then we've got a valuation team. So their job is to do the business valuations to help with the due diligence stage. And then we've got a team of M&A advisors who take the client engagements and run with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that, you know, kind of like the finder, minder, binder, but... Uh, not as, I mean, it's a little more evolved than that, I think. Yeah. 
Were you guys always structured that way? Um, or did no, you have not really. Yeah, I mean, we're we're so my business partner retired last year, which you know, and yeah. so for for many years it was him and I, you know, doing most of the client engagement to bring clients in. So we're transitioning our model to more of a company. Uh, you know, like I said, we've got a marketing and business development team that we're having that's doing a lot of the outreach and then I'll, I'll get engaged in the conversations with the prospective clients. So we're in the middle of transitioning to more of like a corporate structure than a professional practice structure. Yeah. Let's um, turn back real quick to the start of the, uh, of the, of the discussion talked about getting into the, uh, getting into the industry and most people, and you were 27, right? And most people, advisors are, you come in and you're, you're hundred percent commission. And I think did that kind of trigger you coming in there and, and trying to create a way, pave a path for you being young to get into the industry, um, not having to be hundred percent commission. And how did that help you? And I think more people are, are adopting that model for, you know, bringing younger talent into the, into the industry. Yes. Uh, well, I was the test case. So Lou, my retired partner brought me on, on a salary, but he wasn't, wasn't a lot, you know, I was making less than my wife who was a teacher at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. And then two years in put me on hundred percent commission, which is when I got super aggressive, but our yeah. model now is everybody's got a base salary and then they share in the, you know, their That's performance success. and the performance of the company. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I see, and, and I think that's a way and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's a way that, um, you know, a lot of M&A firms out there bringing in young, younger talent into the industry is to, you know, bring them on, you know, kind of a base salary, sharing some of the success, but, you know, going through the, the whole process of maybe being an analyst and a researcher and a, doing yeah. the due diligence, creating the documents, all that sort of stuff to kind of understand the, how the, infrastructure of the industry works before diving into leading deals. Yeah. I mean, we want to create a career path. So I'm, you know, in my mid forties, been doing it for 17, 18 years already. Um, a lot of the principals get in as a last day, you know, career before they retire. So we kind of, we have a longer view of things. Like my, I just made a job offer to a 22 year old, like, and the whole idea is come in, you're going to learn a lot. There's different career paths. You can stay in the analyst side. You can go into marketing, business development, go in the M&A side, or maybe some of these other services we end up spinning off. Mm -hmm. um, but we want people, we want high quality young folks that are smart, hungry, and we want to give them a long-term career here. That's the objective because, you know, there is such a high learning curve that if you have high turnover, then you're constantly, you know, going backwards. So if we can retain people and, over long term, then we're going to continue to grow. Yeah, yeah. Spend more time, you know, hiring the wrong person and trying to find the new person than yeah. putting in the work on the front end to make sure that they're, you know, you know, doing doing well and successful, and, and they want to stay in for the long run. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, kudos yeah. To I mean, if, if we're constantly turning people over, then I'm, we're never advancing the football. So right, right. We got yep. to keep people. Yep. And I think, you know, and just talking with you over the last, you and, and, and your firm over the last five years, you guys do a really good job of, you know, advancing your employees, treating them well and retaining them. So yep. definitely wanted to make sure we covered that. All right, Michael, thanks um, for joining us. That is uh, all we have for today. Um, you know, appreciate the time. 
And one thing that could really help both Mike and I out is to like, share, and comment this video and share it with anybody who you think might enjoy it. Share it with a specialty uh, M&A insurance practice. Um, have them reach out if they want to get in our group because I think that's, that, that smaller network of specialty firms is going to be great. Um, you can check out all of our episodes at cornerstoneia.com slash podcast. Mike, where can they find you guys? Uh, our website's agencybrokerage.com. Okay. Uh, check it out. They got a lot of great information. They, got a, they put out a lot of great content. Um, so, Mike, appreciate you being an amazing member, friend, uh, and, and uh, you know, great insights and, 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 and helping me out, helping our members out. And so good luck on breaking that record this year. Um, Thanks, Nick. And uh, until next time, um, remember – that there is great power in the connects. There is great power. It's easy for me to say in the connections that we create, and um, that's what we are based off of here at Cornerstone International Alliance. So thank you, and uh, until next time. Yeah.